The Big Story from The Straits Times on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to a special edition of The Big Story featuring our interview with Law and Home Affairs Minister Kishan Mugam on why Singapore is doing away with the 84-year-old law that criminalises sex between men. On Sunday, Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong announced the repeal of Section 377A of the Penal Code during his National Day Rally. Now, he also said the Constitution will be amended to safeguard the definition of marriage between a man and a woman from legal challenges. There will be a full debate on the matter when the legislation is brought to Parliament for amendment, though PM Lee did not say when this would happen. Now, here's our interview with Mr. Shanmugam. Minister, take us through the thought process of why the government has decided to repeal Section 377A now in 2022 in the context of perhaps the latest judgment. You heard the Prime Minister last evening. I, the Attorney General, both advised him that there is a significant risk of Section 377A being struck down in a future challenge on the basis that it breaches the equal protection provision in the Constitution. The Attorney General and I came to this view, you know, we talked to other lawyers as well, but we studied the judgment, we carefully studied the judgment, and, uh, you know, in this case, the Court of Appeal ruled on many points, but it expressly refrained from ruling on whether Section 377A breaches the equal protection provision in Article 12 of the Constitution. Uh, let me explain. There were several challenges to Section 377A based on the Constitution. For example, that it was in breach of Article 9, which uh, protects life and personal liberties. The Court of Appeal dismissed it. It was argued that uh, Section 377A was in breach of Article 14, which protects uh, freedom of speech and expression. The Court of Appeal dismissed that argument. Uh, but when it came to the challenge against Section 377A, you know, by reference to Article 12. Article 12 is the Equal Protection Clause. The Court of Appeal expressly said they are not going to rule on whether Section 377A breaches Article 12. And they said that there were two ways in which Article 12 could be uh, applied. Under one of the two ways, if you read the judgment, the Court of Appeal essentially said that Section 377A could be unconstitutional it could be in breach of Article 12. The court added that they did not have to decide on the right test now. They left it to, I quote, a suitable occasion in the future, which uh, in my view means they can and probably will decide it in future. Subsequently, in other cases, uh, the courts seem to have accepted the test, which if applied here, could mean that Section 377A uh, is likely to be held unconstitutional. So in summary, they dismissed the challenges on Articles 9 and 14, but left open the question on Article 12 and signaled that Section 377A could potentially be unconstitutional. And they said they can deal with it in the future. Uh, now, our courts have over the decades exercised restraint in such questions as they did in this uh, latest judgment as well. They recognize what is in the sphere of parliament and what is in the sphere of the courts. Uh, you see it in the judgments, you see it in speeches of the judges outside of judgments. 
If, however, Parliament doesn't act either because of fear or because of a lack of will and therefore doesn't deal with a law which may be in breach of the Constitution, then the legislature, that's the Parliament, is not doing its job. Then you make it difficult for the courts to exercise restraint. Our system has worked well all these years because all the three branches, Parliament, the Executive, that is the Cabinet and the Civil Service, and the Judiciary, i.e. the courts, all three work within their respective boundaries, fulfill their respective roles, and work well with mutual respect. If, however, Parliament doesn't deal with a law which is potentially unconstitutional, then you may then leave the courts with no choice. They have to interpret, and if a law is unconstitutional, uh, they may well say so. Now, I know there are lawyers uh, who believe, they've said that to us too, that our courts will not take an activist approach and aren't likely to strike down Section 377A. I prefer not to go into descriptions of our courts as to whether they are activists or non-activists. The point is this. It would be irresponsible for us as a government to assume that the courts won't strike down Section 377A even if they thought it was not constitutional. So looking at the Court of Appeals comments and the state of the law as it is, we have to make a careful, logical assessment. You can't proceed on these things on the basis of hope and wishful thinking. Hope and wishful thinking cannot replace a careful legal analysis. And our analysis led to the conclusion that there was a significant risk that Section 377A might be ruled unconstitutional in a future case. And mind you, the legal risk is not only to Section 377A. After that, the definition of marriage itself can be challenged. Marriage in Singapore is now defined in the Women's Charter as between a man and a woman. It can be challenged. It can be asked. You know, Article 12, equality provision, why should a marriage uh, only be between a man and a woman? Why shouldn't it be possible for two men or two women to be married? Uh, someone could argue that marriage policies are in breach of Article 12 too, Article 12 of the Constitution. And such arguments about marriage have been made elsewhere successfully. And it will not just be marriage. Many of our laws and policies built on the current definition of marriage public housing, education, media, what can be shown free to air, many others. All of this could be challenged. So we decided the government must take responsibility and act now. Minister, thank you so much for your time and perspectives today. Thank you.